With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, in the words of the great Nasser Hussain, the ashes are well and truly alive. Well, not because of Benjamin Stokes this time around at Headingley, but hey, thanks to Mark Wood and Chris Wokes, the ashes are still alive because Australia have finally been defeated and England have pulled it back to 2-1 after winning the third test match at Headingley. Well, well, yeah, so if you are an England fan, make sure you are liking this podcast on YouTube and giving me 5-star ratings on Spotify. And even if you are not an England fan, you are an Australian fan listening to this podcast, might as well like as well because you are still 2-1 up in the series. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Cricket Corner podcast with me, Watsalvora, as we look back and review the third test match between England and Australia at in the Ashes at Headingley, where England have recorded a three-wicket victory at the end of day four. Well, it was one of those low-scoring test matches, which in my opinion are usually a lot more interesting than the ones which have 400-500 runs scored by each team. I think none of the sides here today managed more than 260 runs in either of those in- innings, so those are the kind of test matches you usually like, like me personally that is. England needed 251 runs to win the third test match at Headingley. They were 27 for nil, if I'm not wrong, towards the end of day three, needing 224 on day four with all 10 wickets remaining in their hands. Kind of fell apart a little here and there. Australia chipped back. There was a few. There were a few moments here and there, but England kept their nerves and recorded a three-wicket victory thanks to Mark Wood and Chris Wokes. It is so fitting that it was Mark Wood and Chris Wokes on at the crease. That is when England recorded the win at Headingley because I personally and a lot of people on social media and in sports media general, cricketing media in general, wanted. Uh, Mark Wood and Chris Wokes in the team and how fitting that it was the pair who guided England to their first victory in this Ashes series. Mark Wood was just magnificent. He was picked in place of Josh Tung, the injured Ollie Robinson, Ollie Pope, sorry, the injured Ollie Pope was replaced by Chris Wokes and the pair was just incredible, not only with the bat but with the ball as well and the pair really guided England to the victory uh, as far as uh, the Ashes Test match is concerned. Let's let's start by talking about the player of the match that was Mark Wood. Amazing Test match. Like, you couldn't say that this bloke has not played international cricket for quite some time now. But the way he made her comeback in this English side and the way he bowled with his heart out and with the sheer pace that he possesses, I think that was... The fundamental reason why Australia could only manage 263 in the first innings. Mark Wood ended the first innings with a 5-wicket haul, 5 for 34 in the first innings. And he picked up some very, very crucial wickets. He got Usman Khwaja, he got Alex Carey and he wrapped up the tail with the wickets of Mitchell Stark, Pat Cummins and Todd Murphy who played in place of the injured Nathan Lyon. You know Australia have a tendency of hanging out there 
as far as their tale is concerned. Mitchell Stark is really good with the bat. Pat Cummings has already played a match-winning knock in this Ashes series with the bat as well. So it was quite important for someone to step up and get these wickets early because you have already dismissed Australia or the the bunch of Australian batsmen early on in the first innings and you need to wrap the tape, wrap up the tail so you can come out there and bat and that's exactly what Mark Wood did. Wonderful, wonderful bowling. I think it he cleaned up three batsmen. I think he cleaned up Usman Khwaja, Mitchell Stark and Todd Murphy and a wonderful Yorker to dismiss Pat Cummings trapped in front LBW in the first innings as well. And... Uh, he, his job in the first innings was not done with his five-wicket haul. When he came out to bat, when England were, you know, kind of struggling with Stokes looking to play along with the tail once again, he made a quick-fire 24 of just eight deliveries. He's scoring three sixes and a four along the way to, you know, propel the score to to as much as close they can get to Australia's 263. Eventually, England only managed 237. But it was Mark's wo- Mark Wood's wonderful 24 of just 8 deliveries that helped them reach to a total which was close enough to Australia's 264, which eventually saw them get a target of 251, which they chased down on day 4. Mark Wood has been excellent. And people have been calling have been saying all over social media and in sport and in cricketing fraternity as a whole that they want to see Mark Wood in this in this test squad not only because he's a very quick bowler but he's really handy with the bat as well as he showed uh, with uh, showed in the first innings and then played a crucial knock in the second second innings as well 16 of 8 balls in the second innings if you are curious uh, the reason why people wanted to see Mark Wood is because of his sheer pace. Don't get us wrong. And it's it's really good to see him deliver on that front as well. Because once, once Mark Wood get in, you have got that X factor which you kind of lacked. Which Australia lacked as well until Mitchell, un, until Mitchell Stark played in the second test. Mark Wood has had a similar kind of impact uh, as far as the English side is concerned. And it's really promising to see that. Now, now people were... People have been want, as I mentioned already. People have been wanting Mark Wood in the team for quite some time now, and and to to the surprise of many, people were a little bit shocked to see Josh Tong play in the second Test match at Lords. And don't get me wrong, Josh Tong was absolutely magnificent in the Lords Test match. But had it been Mark Wood, it would have been something different. Well, kind of because yes, Josh Tong is a fast bowler and. Uh, he's rapid with the ball as well, but uh, Mark Wood possesses something completely different, and his and that X factor kind of helped England to the to the victory here at Headingley. So credit to Mark Wood as well, and someone else who has been around the English Test squad but hasn't played for over a year is Chris Wokes. Now surprise, surprise, Chris Wokes also had a tremendous game. Three wickets in the first innings, three wickets in the second innings, and 32 not out in the second innings, which saw England get over the line and uh, claim claim the victory at Headingley. So once again, even Chris Wokes had a really interesting and fun outing at Headingley and helping England win with three or with three wickets remaining. The pair of Mark Wood and Chris Wokes. So uh, uh, England picked 20 wickets in total. 
Mark Wood picking seven wickets, five in the first innings, two in the second innings, and six wickets for Chris Vokes. So how much are, that is? Like 13 wickets between the pair out of the 20 wickets that England picked eventually over the course of this test match. Uh, it was just magnificent. And uh, credit to Chris Vokes as well. So uh, I think his, yeah, he picked up uh, three wickets in either innings. But I think the three wickets which he picked or in the second innings on day three were quite important because day three was kind of like 90% of the day was washed out because of rain and wet outfield and it was really crucial for England to get those wickets, Australian wickets early on to put pressure and that is exactly what um, that is exactly what Chris Vokes came, uh, managed to do. I think he picked up the all-important wicket of uh, Mitchell Marsh who scored a breath, breathtaking 118 in the first innings on, as he replaced the injured Chris Cameron Green. He picked up the wicket of... Uh, let me have a look who... Yeah, he picked up the wicket of uh, Mitchell Marsh. Then he also picked up the wicket of Usman Khwaja in the uh, in the second innings as well. And... Uh, yeah, he was he was he was uh, magnificent, and he even picked up the wicket of Alex Carey. Yeah, so getting the wicket of Carey and Mitchell Marsh in a relatively quick succession really helped England get into that tail. And then Mark Wood did what Mark Wood does best and cleaned up the tail. Uh, it was just uh, magnificent to see. Uh, as far as the English chase is concerned, uh, a lot of credit obviously goes to Chris Wokes for his thirty-two. Mark Wood scoring 16 of 8 deliveries as well. But it was Harry Brook who commanded and led that England chase. 75 of 93 deliveries for Harry Brook. I think he became the fastest player in test history to get to 1,000 runs. So uh, credit to Harry Brook in that regard as well. Nine fours along the way, uh, where, along his innings of 75. And it was, it was really, really well measured. He did fall to pa Mitchell Stark towards the end uh, of the of the run chase, but it was really really good to see. I think when Harry Brook was dismissed, England needed 21 runs and had three wickets remaining. Some England fans might have been tensed here and there, but th out of those 21 runs required, 16 were scored off the bat of Mark Wood, which just took the pressure off the English shoulders. Harry Brook has had a pretty average Ashes series so far. Coming into the Ashes, he he was obviously one of England's finest batsmen, 809 or all runs scored in less than one year in his test career. He was impeccable in New Zealand. He was brilliant in Pakistan as well. So a lot of expectations on the shoulders of the young Harry Brook. And he, and he failed to deliver, if you personally ask me. Yes, he's had a few starts here and there, a 40 here of uh, 50 in the Lord's Test match. Uh, so he has had a few starts here and there, but he's failed to failed to grab his opportunity with both hands, which is something he did quite well today. Batted at number three in the first innings, but it didn't quite work out for him uh, over there. I think he scored just two or three runs in the first innings. Then when England lost Ben Duckett during the chase in the second innings, they propelled Moin Ali to bat at number three, something which he has done in the past in his test career, which saw Harry Brook come out and bat in his regular number five slot, where he where he's really, really good. And once you get, once he got that stability at number five, he showed why he is one of the most highly regarded young cricketers as far as test cricket is concerned. And the 75 was really, really crucial. 
as far as england as far as england is concerned because otherwise uh, there was barely any contributions joe root looked kind of uh, it didn't quite look like joe root he was kind of felt like he was in a bit of a rush he scored 21 ben stokes scored 18 in the first innings but just 13 when it mattered during the run chase and johnny pesto was uh, cleaned up by mitchell stark he went for just 5 runs the partnership which uh, joe root sorry i beg your pardon the partnership between harry brook and chris wokes was really important which saw them get real close to the australian total of 251 i think that partnership was somewhere or 60 odd runs if i'm not wrong 59 between chris wokes and harry brook which saw them get ever so closer to the target of 251 and when mark wood came in he just went bang bang and the target was achieved in quite ease with quite ease uh let's talk about australia as well because england have had some match winning performance we have already talked about mark wood chris wokes harry brook with the bat as well the credit i think the player of the match as far as the australian side is concerned eventually the player of the match was given to mark wood if you're wondering but i think mitchell stark was brilliant with the ball once again i think he picked up two wickets in the first innings five in the second innings seven wickets for him pat cummings also picking up seven wickets in the match six in the first innings one in the second innings i think the australian bowling looked impeccable unfortunately scott poland had little to no impact in proceedings no wickets in the first innings and no wickets in the second innings as well based on that i would be surprised if josh hazel would returns to the starting 11 uh, uh, in the fourth test match which is starting in 10 days time uh todd murphy picked up one wicket as well but the bowling was kept alive and taken care of by both stark and pat cummins sorry as far as their batting is concerned uh i think he brushed upon him brushed upon it earlier in the podcast where mitchell stark Uh, sorry Mitch Marsh uh, scored 118 of 118 deliveries 17 fours and four sixes in that first innings he he was just magnificent wickets were tumbling all over him all around him that is and none of the australian batters right at rub right up until Mitchell Marsh were able to score that freely there were starts here and there Khwaja had 13 Labushain at 21 Steve Smith at 22 Travis Head at 39 but the way Mitchell Marsh played in that first inning it, it looked like he's batting in a com- on a completely different wicket it didn't feel like the overhead conditions or the green tint in the wicket is really bothering him and he just took the attack to the english side now england i have been playing this aggressive style of cricket for over one year now which was slightly diluted uh, and uh, which was slightly dissolved in this test match but overall they have been the ones who have been playing this in uh, aggressive style of cricket but it was very similar if not the same kind of an innings played by Mitch Marsh and uh, it was just magnificent innings and uh, and the way he counter attacked and played in that I guess it was the second session he just completely took the game to a different level because had he not scored that 118 runs in Australia would have struggled to even get past what 150 175 and they would have definitely struggled to get to that magical number of 200 but it was Mitch Marsh who carried on with that innings and um, it's really difficult for Australia now to bring in Cameron Green into the starting 11 with uh, the the way Mitchell Marsh has played 
in this test match not only he made 118 in the first innings he also took uh, one wicket in the first innings and uh, one wicket in the second innings as well he, uh, twice dismissing Zach Crawley if i'm not wrong so Mitch Marsh has done bits with the bat and with the ball as well so credit to him where credit is due and it was really exciting to see someone return to the test fraternity and play like he never left but in the end it was uh, a defeat for australia their first defeat on this tour of england previously prior to the test at headingley they had won three test matches in a row two test matches in the ashes at edge at edgebaston and lords and before the ashes commenced they won the world test championship final against india at at the oval as well so they had won three test matches on the bounce but they finally met their match at headingley uh, where england have kept the ashes alive once again just like how ben stokes com- commanded that performance in headingley back in 2019 it was this time chris wokes and mark wood doing the same and keeping the ashes alive for england as they head into the test match at old trafford which was the fourth test match so two test two more test matches remain in this ashes series the fourth test match in is in manchester old trafford in manchester on the 19th of july so another short break to recoup for both the sides here and uh, uh 10 days for even injured players to recover 10 days for any out of form players to come back into the form uh, come back to form but yeah a lot to talk about for that test match and i'll have a separate podcast talking about the preview as i always do but for the time being it has been a wonderful wonderful test match a little less uh, less scoring a little low scoring uh, is what i wanted to say uh, but nonetheless all three test matches in this ashes series have been nail biting stuff so close i think all three test matches could have gone either side but two of them have gone to australia and one of them has gone to england finally australia can still wrap up the ashes series if they win at old trafford but you never know what the future lies and at in present england still have a chance to not only make a comeback but a chance to win the remaining two test matches at old trafford and at oval to regain the ashes from australia so yeah i uh, that's the review done for the third test match at headingley once again if you liked what i talked about then make sure you are liking sharing subscribing on youtube if you are listening the audio podcast on spotify or apple podcast then make sure you are giving me those wonderful five star ratings however for the time being this is me watsalvora signing off ciao for now sports social podcast network